Hey everybody, it is the last week of August and it is time for the final devotional in the Hedges series. I can't believe time has gone by so fast um, and yet it seems like it's going by slowly all at the same time. I can't really explain it. Um, but it is uh, my great uh, privilege to be able to bring to you a devotion this week. Uh, and it is going to be the final one, as I said, in our Hedges series. Uh, and real quickly, just to recap where we've been, and if you haven't watched the other ones, feel free to watch them on YouTube. They're also on a podcast. You can listen to them. But so far, we've been talking about the concept of how do we make wise decisions in the world we live in. Uh, and this is something that I have found over and over again. Almost all the time that people come to ask me for advice, it's usually about a specific decision that they have to make. Some are really big decisions. Uh, where do I go to school? How, who do I get married to? Um, how, uh, how, what job should I take? Um, should I uh, engage in some activity uh, that is uh, maybe questionable by some? Uh, I get those all the times. A lot of times I don't hear so much about the little decisions in life, but yet I know a lot of us can stress out about even small things. Uh, and so we started the series saying that we wanted to talk about what it meant to make wise and godly decisions. We started talking about this idea of hedges and that hedges are built to be a protection. And so as we look at the idea of hedges, it's six questions uh, using those letters in the word hedges that are going to help us to make wise decisions, that are going to protect us from making foolish decisions that could hurt us in the end or hurt others. And this is obviously not fool safe, but I believe if we ask these six questions, it'll help us to make wiser, godlier uh, smarter decisions. And so that's where we've been going throughout this whole series. And if you've been joining us, you know that the H in Hedges was uh, standing for the question, is it holy? We want to get away from asking the question, is this okay? Or can I get away with this? And we want to move into asking bigger, better questions. And the first one is, is it holy? Is this decision that I'm about to make going to make me more like Jesus, more like God? Or is it going to draw me to be more like the world? Uh, the second letter was E, and we talked about this idea of, is it evangelistic or is it edifying? In other words, is what the decision I'm going to make, the thing I'm going to do, the direction I'm going to go, is that going to build myself up? Is it going to build others up? And is it going to lead people to know Jesus? The idea of here is, is the decision are, when we make it, is it going to lead people closer to Jesus? whether it's ourselves, our fellow Christians, or those who don't know him. So that was our E, our first E, and then we got to D, which was doubtless. Is it doubtless? We talked a lot about the conscience, and we talked about how if the conscience is informed by the Word of God, that the Holy Spirit will use our conscience to help us to know what is right and wrong. And anytime we're making a decision that just doesn't quite feel right, it's always, if it may be not always, but I would say at least 95% of the time, uh, we should listen to our gut when it comes to what we feel we should or shouldn't do. Because God has given us that conscience. God has given us the ability to read his word and the Holy Spirit uses that to help us to know. And sometimes we might not have a logical reason why we shouldn't do something, but we just have this feeling that we know it's something we shouldn't do. And when we have that feeling, we shouldn't go against our conscience, but we should instead thank God for the conscience he's given us. So if you doubt something, you shouldn't do it. That's what the Bible said. you know. And so that's what we talked about. So is it doubtless? And then the next one was G. 
Uh, is it glorifying to God? Is the decision you're making, is it going to glorify God? Is it going to make him look good, or is it more because you want to make yourself look good? Even things that on the surface are okay to do might not necessarily be glorifying to God. And so we've got to ask the question, is, is it glorifying to God? And then last week we looked at the second E, which was eternal. Is it eternal? Is the decision that we're making one that actually matters long term? Or is this just something that's going to fade away and pass away? And we looked at the idea that even when we enjoy the things of this world, we can do it in an eternal way. We can give praise and glory and honor to God. And as we do that, it can become an eternal decision. That everything we do should be, th our thought process should not be about what can I make myself feel like now? How can I em embrace the world that I live in in the time and place I am right now? But more, what is this decision going to mean for eternity? How is it going to matter? Is it going to last? Are we making decisions that will last? And so that was the last letter that we looked at as we were looking at the word hedges. Today we're going to look at the letter S. Now I just want to say again, if you've kind of missed this idea, in all of these that we just talked about, there are certain things that the Bible says you should do this or you shouldn't do this. If it's clearly defined in Scripture, then we don't even have to ask these questions. We just need to trust in God's Word and follow what He says. But unfortunately, uh, and I wish this wasn't the case. I wish the Bible was ten times longer and had an answer to every question we'd ever have or tell us how to make every decision we need to make, but it just doesn't. But it does give us principles, and that's what these first five questions have been about, the principles that we can use to make good, godly, wise decisions. And the sixth question is the same. It's a principle that we see throughout Scripture and this one kind of encapsulates all of what we've talked about. As we get to the letter S, we've talked about all these other things, but I believe if S is the question that we're asking, if this question we're going to talk about today is the main question we ask, then all the other ones will kind of fall in line too. As we get to the word hedges, we now look at the S, which stands for, is it selfless? Is it selfless? The Bible is full of the word that tells us that we need to live lives that are selfless lives. The very word love, as we look at it, is to be self-sacrifice. And so, you know, the Bible tells us the greatest commandment is to love God and to love others. And so living a selfless life is what God values and what he expects. And if we want to follow God's will, it's going to be following his will and not our own. And it's going to be loving others instead of ourselves or uh, more than ourselves. And so we need to understand that this is a big part of the decisions that we make. Every single decision should go through this filter. Is the decision I'm going to make primarily just to serve me, or is it for the good of God and is it for the good of others? And that's what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to start by looking at the classic passage on selflessness, and that is in Philippians chapter 2. So if you join me reading Philippians chapter 2, we're going to be looking at verses 3 through 8. Paul writes here, he says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only for his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. 
being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Philippians 2 is very clear. We can't get away from the truth that's here. And what we're told, as the Holy Spirit inspires Paul to write this, is that we need to be people who are not living lives of selfish ambition or conceit. We're not called to live a life that is all about us. Yet, I believe so many of us do this because we're hardwired to be selfish. But the Bible says don't be like this. It says to be humble, to look at others' interest as much as or more than your own. I know I fail on this a lot. I'm so quick to think about what's good for me that I forget to look at to see what's good for others. And in Philippians 2, it doesn't just give us this in this vacuum. Like, yeah, you just need to be selfless because that's what I say. But then Paul goes on and tells us why. And he talks about the fact that we need to have the same mind that is in Christ, Jesus, who gave himself for us, who was in the very form of God. In other words, he was God himself, and he emptied himself to the point where he would come down to the earth as a man to be a mortal, to live and die as a man, God in the flesh. He chose to do that. He put aside all of his rights and his freedoms, and he put all of those down for our good, for your good, for mine, that if we can believe the gospel, that he, this sacrifice he made of being selfless and humble would result in our salvation. And if Jesus can do that, then we should follow in his footsteps. That's what Paul is talking about. So we talk about this a lot, and we think about it in the grand scheme of our life, but can we think about it in every little decision that we might make? Ask the question, is what I'm about to do, the place I'm going to go, the thing I'm thinking about doing, is all of this, is it going to be something that is going to be selfless? And it might just help us orient where we should go and what we should do. We've referenced several passages as we've looked through these hedges, this Hedges series, and one of them has been in Romans 14 and 15. And I want to go back to Romans 15, and I want to read what Paul says here as we think about the idea of selflessness. In, in uh, Romans 15, 1 through 3, this is what we read. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his own good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. Very similar thing that Paul says here in Romans 15 that he already said in Philippians. But listen to what he says. He, he says that we have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. And then it says, let each of us please our neighbor for his good to build him up. We live in a life, in a world, in, a, in a, an age that says you need to do what you need to do to please yourself. Whether it's with what we do or what we possess, we want to just please ourselves. And... The Bible says it's our obligation, our obligation to seek to please others and not ourselves. To step out in sacrifice and to step out in love and look at others more than ourselves. This is a selfless way of living and it's not easy, but it's something that God does ask us to do. And so as we think about all of these things, we have to continue to think about what it is that we can do that is selfless. Every decision we make. And this is right after Paul's just talking about eating meat offered to an idol. And basically what he's saying is, don't eat the meat if it's going to cause your brother to stumble. And that's going to get us to our next point. But before we get there, well, I'm going to turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 8. 
This verse, though, has to ring true in our minds. We need to live to please our neighbor and not ourselves. Every decision we make should be one that is through the filter of thinking. Is this going to help others? Or is this simply just going to help me at the expense of others? That's a big question we need to ask. So that does bring us to Romans chapter, or sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, I'm going to read the whole chapter. I'm going to go through it fast. So if you have your Bible, follow along. But I want you to listen to what's happening here in 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Now concerning food offered to idols, we know that all of us possess knowledge. This knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. If anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not yet know how he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, he is known by God. Therefore, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that an idol has no real existence, and that there is no God but one. For although there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom all things are, and for whom all things exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things and through whom we exist. However, not all possess this knowledge, but some, through former association with idols, eat food as really offered to an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. Food will not commend us to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat, and no better off if we do. But take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will he not be encouraged, if his conscience is weak, to eat food offered to idols? And so by your knowledge this weak person is destroyed, the brother for whom Christ died. Thus, sinning against your brother and wounding their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. This chapter in 1 Corinthians 8 goes back and he's talking about the same issue that they were facing in Romans 14 and Romans 15. And Paul spells it out even more clearly here in 1 Corinthians chapter 8. And he says, you might know something. And you might have the freedom to do something. In other words, maybe you can go through all the hedges, all the other hedge questions that we've talked about. And you can look at all those questions and you can be fully convinced in your mind that what you're about to do, the decision you're going to make, is, is indeed a decision that you can and should and are allowed to make. And you get to that point, and in this case, it would have been Christians who understood that there's no such thing as a, a, another God. Therefore, if I eat meat that was offered to an idol, I'm just eating meat that was offered to a lifeless form. But some people still didn't quite, they couldn't quite deal with the truth that there's only one God because they'd come out of idolatry. And so what Paul says is, yes, they're wrong, and they don't have all the knowledge that they should have. And maybe you do have the knowledge, but if that's the case, don't eat. What he says is, do what's good for your brother. He actually says, if you don't, then you're actually sinning against him and it's sinning against God. So Paul says, even if you're convinced in your own mind that what you're doing is right, that's great. And, and you can partake in that unless it's going to harm someone else. And so that's why as we get to the end of Hedges and we look at this question of, is it selfless? It's so important. Because we might go through all the other five questions and it's clearer, clearer than day that it's something that we are absolutely okay to do. There is no issues there. It's, it might be something that we feel is holy and edifying and uh, doubtless and all of these things. But if it comes to the point where it's going to harm someone else because of the decision we make, then we need to not make that decision. And so this is why I believe that as we get to the end of Hedges, this question of is it selfless is so important. Is the, and and it's, this is about making a decision that is 
choosing to benefit others over yourself. Now, this does not mean that you're never going to do something or make a decision that is something you want to do. I would put it this way. Make sure that the decisions that you're making are not for your benefit at the expense of others. Because if it is, then that is the definition of selfish. If you are willing to put your own cares, concerns, needs above others to the detriment of others, then that is selfishness. There are things that you can enjoy in this world and truly enjoy them. And it can be something that might even, you might feel like or seem like it might be selfish because you're doing it for yourself. But if, if it's not at the expense of others, then God does want us to enjoy this life. Just make sure that it's not hurting or causing any problems for others in your life. I used the example earlier on in this series of alcohol. A lot of us that are watching this, a lot of you that are watching this, have no concern when it comes to drinking alcohol once in a while. But if you were at the bar and you were next to your alcoholic friend and you chose to get a drink and harmed their conscience, then you would be in sin. Because at that point, the decision you're making is not selfless. You selfishly want to drink and so you don't care who's around you. I'm not saying anybody's doing that. That's just an easy example. I'm going to give a few other examples in just a moment. We think about hedges, and we get to this. Is it selfless? Is the decision that we're making something that is truly not going to hurt others? Is it truly something that is born out of, a, out of our hearts to show love to God and love to others? And this sometimes is a really hard question to even figure out. But we need to, the, the point is, can we just ask the question? Can we take the time to examine it? I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a minute as I conclude our series. But I want to give you a couple examples of this last question. Out of my life, just recently, uh, I came across a special golf club that was a uh, chipping iron. And if you play golf, maybe you know what that is. Basically, it's a half putter, half chipper. And uh, it really is something that I really wanted to get because I needed to improve my short game getting up onto the green. And... Uh, I saw it, I almost bought it, I wanted to buy it, and I really, really, really wanted it. I talked to my wife, she kind of said, if you really want it, I guess you can get it, but I don't see why you really won't need it. I uh, thought about it, prayed about it, actually put it through hedges, and when I get to S, I realized that my I wanted to purchase this club because it was just a selfish thing. I wanted my golf game to be better. I didn't care uh, that the money that I have to spend on it could go to better places, to other things, things that might help others, even to support my family. And It wasn't that expensive, but even so, I just knew that what I was about to do would be a selfish decision if I was to buy that golf club. And so I chose not to do it. Uh, and I'm not saying you never buy a golf club. Uh, and the good news of the story is somebody actually gifted me that golf club. So uh, that was a blessing that I wasn't expecting. I'm not saying that's always going to happen either. Uh, but what I am saying is that was I knew it was a selfish, selfish decision, and therefore doubt crept into my heart. So then now I'm also thinking about the D in hedges, and I wasn't doubtless, and so I couldn't go forward and buy the golf club. It's something simple. Maybe for you, you wouldn't have had that same problem, and you would have gone out and bought the golf club with no issues. But it was something that I just wanted to consider, and God led me to not buy it. Uh, another one, this is a really good example for me, because it was so hard. It was a hard decision. I know it's, for you, some of you are going to think this is the dumbest thing ever, but it was about a year ago, actually. It was about a year ago in August, um, and we had decided that we were going to go on a family vacation, and the family vacation was going to include, we were going to go to the Little League World Series. 
Uh, we're going to go at a game at the Little League World Series. Now, it happened to be the weekend that the Chicago Cubs were going to be in town playing the Little League Classic. They're going to be playing the Pittsburgh Pirates, I believe it was. And uh, we weren't going to be able to watch the game because it was only invite only. But the Cubs were going to be at the Little League field. And if you don't know me, you wouldn't know this, but I'm a huge Chicago Cubs fan. Uh, Josiah is a big Cubs fan. Even Noah is a big Cubs fan. Our whole family watches the Cubs, uh, even though the girls don't necessarily like baseball that much. But we were excited because the Cubs were going to be in town. And we made a plan that we were going to get up Sunday morning. We were going to leave early Sunday morning so that we could get down to Little League World Series so that we could meet some Cubs players and get some autographs. And we were really excited about it. We made this plan about a month ahead before we were about to go, uh, maybe even a little longer than that. Um, and uh, if you caught what's happening here, I mentioned what day this was happening on. This was happening on a Sunday. Now, we made the plans. Uh, my wife at the time asked me, are you sure you're okay with not going to church that day? Um, and I gave the answer, well, we're going to be on vacation, so I don't need to go to church. Uh, it's my vacation, so we're going to do what I want to do. We're going to do what we want to do. We want to get to see the Cubs. Now, I made that decision couple weeks went by and God started working on my heart. And again, I'm not trying to say that this has to be how you would have approached this. Maybe you'd go a completely different direction. My job in all these devotionals is not to judge you. It's not to make you feel guilty about your decisions. It's just to help you to get, have a way to think through your decisions that would help you make wise decisions. But as the weeks went on, I just kept feeling and knowing, and I didn't put it specifically through hedges, but I knew in the pit of my stomach that the decision I was making to skip church in order to go watch a baseball game to see a baseball some baseball players was not the decision that I should be making for my family. It was a selfish decision, and it was clearer than day in my mind. And I fought it for days. I fought God on it. I kept making all justifying it, all the excuses. Remember when we talked about the letter D in hedges? When we when we have to justify, then probably we're doubting what we're doing is right. So I was telling people that this is right, this is okay, I can do this, I can get away with this. But deep down I knew there's something wrong. And I knew that the, that the base of it was I was making a decision that was selfish. That I was choosing to stay away from my family in Christ and not worship with my family in Christ so that I could meet some baseball players. And I just felt like this wasn't what we should do. And so, like a week before we left, I made the decision that we were going to wait and go after church was over. Now, I wish... See, the golf club, that was a good ending to the story. I got the golf club anyway. End of the story is, Sunday we go to church. I feel like we did what God had asked us to do, what He had asked me to do. Uh, and I felt good about that decision, even though I fought Him for so long. And we got right in the van, right after church. We drove down to Williamsport because we thought we'd still have a chance to see some of the Cubs. As we drive into Williamsport, the bus goes by. This is the Chicago Cubs team bus with the whole team on board. They had already left the stadium. Not only that, we get into the stadium and realize that all the rest of the games for the day had been canceled because of the MLB game. So our whole plan gets shattered. We were supposed to watch games that day, and we had to change everything up. Now, to this day, we didn't get to go to that game. We didn't get to get to see the Cubs close up, get their autographs, those type of things. Had I made a different decision, we probably would have seen them. And I don't think God would have squashed me for it. But for whatever reason, I felt like I needed to make that decision. And so I feel like it was a wise decision. It was a hard decision, and I still, to this day, 
wonder sometimes if it was the right one. But I followed what God was leading me at the time. And so those are some personal examples. So maybe you can apply some things in your life out of what I just shared. I do find a lot of times that when it comes to church attendance and being with the family of Christ, that a lot of us make selfish decisions. And I'm in there too, and that's why I gave that example. We want to go out and do what we want to do. Maybe it's even to the point where I've heard this so many times now in our culture that talks about me time all the time. Like, uh, I, I didn't come to church. I, I'm not, I'm not going to participate in, in Christian service to serve others today or for an extended period of time because I just need some me time. I need to get away and relax. I need some family time, some me time. And yes, you can say all that. And maybe in some cases that is something that is wise. But a lot of times I don't believe it is. I believe it's a selfish decision where we say, I just need to have my me time. And it's at the expense of our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so we need to think about that. That's a practical example. Again, I don't want to make people feel guilty about missing church once in a while. That's between you and God. It really is. So I've spent too much time probably giving you examples. Let's move on to conclude the whole series. We've been talking about hedges, uh, all six questions that we need to ask. Remember, is it holy? Uh, is it edifying or evangelistic? Is it doubtless? Is it glorifying to God? Is it eternal? And now finally, is it selfless? We ask these six questions, and I hope that by the time we ask these six questions, we've thoroughly thought about the decision that we're going to make. See, I think a lot of us just make snap decisions. We just do what we want to do at the time, and we don't really think about it. That is my greatest goal and my greatest hope from all these devotions, is that as you think about hedges, it'll actually help you to think about the decisions you're making. That you wouldn't just make a decision on a whim, but you'd really think about it and really dis discuss it with your family, uh, discuss it with God. Think about each decision you make uh, that you are struggling with and put, give it to him and ask these questions and hopefully uh, you'll see a clear path. And sometimes after you ask these six questions, it'll be uh, very obvious what you should do. No question at all. Very, very obvious. But honestly, sometimes you'll ask these six questions and you'll be no further ahead. Sometimes you'll ask these six questions and you'll be like, all right, I've asked all these questions and the, the decision I'm about to make is still pretty neutral. Uh, it's really not tipping either way. I really can't make it. I'm not sure what to do. And a lot of times at this point, people freak out and people get nervous and they think, well, what if I make the wrong decision? What if I'm out of God's will? Uh, here's the thing. God is not looking to bring his hammer down and squash you if you make the decision that you would say is against his will. If you're to the point where you have gone through this process of thinking scripturally, making sure it's not scripturally wrong to do what you're going to do, you go through these six questions and you feel like it's a wise decision, then just do it. Just do something. Make a decision one way or the other. Uh, and as I say that, I want to just endorse this book to the right of me here. Uh, just do something. Uh, it is a great book, and it's about finding God's will, um, but it's basically, it, it's a liberating approach. It changes the way we look at finding God's will, and it talks about making decisions. And some of the ideas that I got for Hedges actually came from this book. I have some extra copies of this. If you want to purchase one, please talk to me. Uh, Just Do Something by Kevin DeYoung. We give it to all of our graduating seniors. It's, it's such a great book that talks about how to make decisions in life that are wise, and how to just do something and trust God instead of making God's will some kind of mysterious thing that we have to figure out or feel. Uh, but we can just go forward with asking these six questions and just saying, all right, if, it's, if I can go either way, then just pick a way and go. And God will be there either way you choose. Uh, so make some good decisions, some wise decisions based on those six questions, or just make a decision and don't 
sit there forever trying to figure out what you're going to do because indecision in itself is a decision. So just make sure that you actually move forward with your decision making. All right, so we're, this has been all about wisdom, making a confident choice in wise decisions. I'm going to close with one final example from my life that just happened last week. And Felicia and I actually used hedges. We went through every single letter and did what I've been telling you guys to do. And this is what happened. Uh, we decided, uh, after much thought and saving up, we decided that we were going to take a couple day trip to Niagara Falls uh, without the kids for our anniversary and for Felicia's birthday. Some of you saw pictures of that on Facebook. Um, and to be honest with you, at one point we thought, is this really a decision that we should make? Um, is, it, is it a selfish decision was one of the things that we really considered. And we went through hedges. Uh, we, we talked about, is it holy? Is it going to draw us to God or away from God? We said, you know, going away is really not going to do either of those. It's kind of neutral. Um, and now it was helping our marriage out in a way. So I could even say that that might tip towards holy. Uh, and then is it edifying or evangelistic? Well, it might not necessarily build others up, but it could definitely build us up. And as we connect with each other and as we have time away to refresh our minds, that's a building up process. Is it evangelistic? Well, maybe, maybe not. I mean, it depends on how we, uh, you know, acted on our, on our time out. I feel like we didn't do anything that harmed the cause of Christ. Uh, then we, uh, doubtless, we really didn't have any doubt. We had a question like, is this something we should do? But after we thought about it, there really was no doubt. No doubt. This was something we wanted to do. It was something we felt like we were uh, perfectly in God's will to do. And so that wasn't a problem. Uh, glorifying to God. Again, um, I think there are ways that by spending time as a couple, actually marriage is one of God's ways of showing his glory. And so I believe that by working on our marriage and being away and, and even people seeing us out and about and, and exemplifying what a good marriage looks like is a way to glorify God. So I thought, okay, that's going towards the glorifying side. Um, the next, eternal, you know, okay, going away on a trip, yes, it could be seen as totally temporary. And it kind of is. But I'll tell you what, the whole trip, we were really thanking God from the time we were looking at Niagara Falls to the time we were just able to spend quiet time together. Uh, it was a gift from God that we wanted to embrace and we wanted to thank him for. And I believe that uh, there was some eternal work going on there. And even if there wasn't, it definitely wasn't all about just a temporary pleasure. I, I, then, you know, the last uh, the last one here is self, selfish. And I already talked about that. Selfless. Is it selfless? And we just considered it and said, yes, it's something we're going to enjoy, but it's not something that's coming at the expense of others. That was our decision. Now, maybe you sitting here think that you, we shouldn't have gone away. I, that You can think that. Uh, but again, the goal of this whole series was not to judge one another, but it's to help each other think through things. Now, while we're at the hotel, by the way, on our way, this is the other example. So we decided to go on the, the trip. We show up to a hotel room, and this was not something that we had purchased. I don't even know why it was there. But in our hotel room, there actually was a chilled bottle of wine. Now, we have never drank wine before, and so we kind of looked at the wine bottle, and we thought, hmm. It's here. It's private. Should we drink this wine? And we we sat there and actually looked at that bottle, and we out loud went through hedges. Uh, and it was interesting. As we went through hedges, and I've made it clear how I feel about alcohol in the past, but even as we went through hedges in this specific circumstance where the wine was in a private place, nobody would really know it was going to be something and we talked about it, should we just try it to see, you know, like what is, you know, other people enjoy wine, it is a creation of God, can we enjoy this? 
And we ask all the questions. Is it holy? Is it not holy? Is it edifying? Is it evangelistic? Uh, uh, is it doubtless? Is it glorifying to God? Is it eternal? And finally, is it selfless? And I'm not going to tell you how we came up with all our answers with all of those questions. But in the end, what we decided was, eh, maybe we can. Maybe we can't. We weren't doubting, but we're looking at it saying, yeah, I think this is something we definitely could do if we wanted to do it. Now, end of the story, that bottle never got opened. But not because we felt like we shouldn't or couldn't, but just because we didn't have any need to. It was one of those neutral decisions. We just chose not to do it. We didn't have and haul over it. We just said, nah, we don't really need to do it. And we didn't do it. Some of you may have drank the wine. And I think you would have been perfectly fine to drink the wine, depending on the situation, depending on all the questions that we've been talking about. Uh, and it was very interesting as we went through those six questions because I came to the point where I really said I, have, I would have no conscience issues, no guilt here, enjoying what God has made. But in the end, we still chose not to do it. We could have just as easily chose the other way. And that's my whole point. When we talk about decisions, sometimes it's not going to be clear and obvious. But at that point, we just need to say, God, I'm going to do something because I've thought this through. I'm looking for protection. God, putting it in your hands, uh, I believe this is a wise decision. And you go forward and you do it. That is what making decisions is. So as we close our time together, I gave you a lot of examples. I wanted to make it more practical, especially on this last one, so I know it went a little longer than normal. But please, just try to make wise decisions in your life, and I hope these six questions will help. I hope they'll help you just think through whatever you're trying to think through right now, from big decisions of how to, whether to homeschool or not to homeschool. That's a big thing right now. Or, or uh, whatever it might be. I, I, I could give a whole list, but I'm not going to because of time. Whatever decision you're facing, think it through. Make wise decisions. And if these six questions will help you, then please use them. That's my hope for all of us. Let's close this devotional and this series in a word of prayer. Lord, I want to thank you for bringing us together uh, to listen, to learn. God, for these last six weeks of devotionals, I just pray that all of us would make wise decisions that would glorify you. God, that we could make... Uh, Make our lives count for your glory. God, I just pray that that would be the case through every decision we make. Help us not to be selfish in our decisions, but help us to look to you and to look to others when we choose to do the things we choose to do. God, we know that we can't do any of this without your help, so please help us in all of this. Help us to make wise decisions. We need your help. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.